Welcome to Lower the Bar. I'm Ryan. I'm a busy dad, and I gained a bunch of weight after I got married and managed to lose it all, totaling 40 pounds. I'm Jordan, a seven-foot-tall husband and father of five who used to weigh well over 350 pounds. I've lost and regained weight multiple times until I found more sustainable habits. I'm now down over 75 pounds while balancing a career in leadership and a busy family life. And we're on a mission to make weight loss more approachable for busy dads. We hope this podcast helps you get unstuck with your health goals and makes weight loss more doable and sustainable. And we are live. What up, Jordan? What's up, Brian? How you doing, man? Good, good, good. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to jump right into weight loss myths we used to believe. Uh, let's, let's talk about why we want to talk about this first. Let's do it. Okay. Because I feel like I feel like before people actually learn how to lose weight, everyone gets fooled by these these things that they're like, once they realize they're like, oh, I was fooled, then they start actually learning how to lose weight the right way. Do you feel like you were kind of tricked? <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, between like marketing and diets that have names and like what friends and family are telling you they had short-term success with, it's very easy to be confused. Yeah. So we're going to um, talk about a few myths that we used to believe. Yeah. And I think that it's fair to say, like, I don't know what the percentage of Americans is, but pretty much everybody I talk to thinks that they could stand to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. Now, weight in sort of air quotes, right? Because like people say, I want to lose weight. And, um, you know, we'll talk more about like, what is losing fat versus losing weight? And what is preserving muscle mass and all these interesting things? But I think most people listening are like, yeah, I could lose some weight. I could stand to lose some weight. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's 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 dive in. What are what are some of the myths that you used to believe? And then maybe I can spit out some of my own. Okay, I'll start with one that, at this point in my life, sounds insane, and I can't believe I or anyone has ever believed this, which is that you can be gaining weight by not eating enough food because <laughs> somehow your body goes into survival protection mode or something and increases the fat storage or something um, to protect you as you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, it's like this quote-unquote starvation mode that I right. think so many people actually believe. Why do you think they believe that though? Well, the the quick answer is that it would be more convenient to believe that <laughs> and then allow yourself to eat more food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that it's gonna it's going to tie into the theme of this whole conversation, which is that losing fat takes time. And fluctuations in weight is is a big part of that process. And so when they cut their calories down in half for three days and lose a bunch of water weight. And then on the fourth day, gain some weight back. They assume they must not be eating enough. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of a way to like not put responsibility on myself. Which I think in is a way. topic we're going to talk about a lot as we do this podcast together, because um, I think a lot of this also choosing a diet with a name 
is also saying, if this doesn't work for me, it's not my fault. It's keto's fault. It's intermittent fasting's fault. It's 75 mm-hmm. hard's fault. Um, so it's easy to like, yeah. like deflect it. Yeah. And then just going back to that starvation mode, my, my favorite thing to tell people is like, have you ever watched that show Survivor? <laughs> yeah. Where they're eating almost nothing for 30 days. Right. And, and, and show me the contestant that eats n- almost nothing for 30 days and gains weight or right. doesn't lose weight. They all look like skeletons at the end. I have been watching Survivor. So I totally missed the boat on Survivor for 20 years, anecdotally. Um, That's so good. But I just have started watching it. My wife and I have watched four seasons in the span of like two weeks because we're sort of addicted to it. But you're exactly right. And I watched that. And now being so conscious of what I eat and my body, I look at it and be like, dude, these guys can't survive on (laughs) rice and like splitting a crab (laughs) eight ways, right? (laughs) Like how can maybe you ride win the challenge? Right. Maybe a few beans. Um, yeah. But I think that's proof. You're talking yeah. about 40 days. So if you want proof of the body's resiliency, of the fact that you can still do demanding physical things on almost nothing, and the fact that you will not just wither away and die by being on a diet, look no further than Survivor. It's such a good show. Me and Maggie, I think we binged maybe 15 seasons when she was pregnant with our first kid. Like we got, we got into it, dude. Yeah. It's such a good show. That's great. Super good. Um, One of the ones you put here that, that was a weight loss myth for me is that you can exercise your way out of eating badly. Ooh. I used to, well, I think a lot of people associate exercise with weight loss. And when when people decide they want to lose weight, they're like, okay, I need to start exercising. And then kind of like nutrition is kind of like a backseat to that when it should be like the complete reverse. And like I even went to extremes of like exercising and quote unquote burning calories so that I could eat more food. Yes. Um, and it's just, it's just a huge, a huge myth that I think is out there. It's like, it's just not true. Not only is it a myth, and not only is it over-exaggerated, the effectiveness of it, but it's a really harmful mindset long-term because yeah, you're just in a constant state of guilt and sort of like, I have to undo what I just did, right? Mm. And you're saying, or you're saying, I, I can't eat a donut until I run for an hour on the treadmill. And that is not a great exchange rate. Eventually... <laughs> Eventually you burn out, like you're losing value on that exchange rate. And the thinking behind it is just so hard. But I thought, you know, I remember like going out to eat with my family or somebody, everybody's experienced this. You go out to eat at like Red Robin or whatever that's in the mall. And afterward, everybody says, let's walk around the mall for a little while so we can burn off our dinner. Like Mm -hmm. that's how delusional we are about how many calories we can burn by like circling the mall for 30 minutes after we eat. 2,200 calories of Red Robin onion rings and fries and Coke and burger and cheesecake, right? Well, when you said exchange rate, if you think about how many calories are in a donut, like, well, I'm guessing like four to 600 calories in a donut, what would you... Okay, so take the amount of time it takes to eat that donut and then take the amount of time it takes to actually burn that amount of calories. The exchange rate is so lopsided. Yes. So lopsided. Yes, because the part I left out with my analogy is also that um, 
one hour of walking, running on a treadmill does not equal enough. That's not enough calories. An hour doesn't burn off that many calories, despite what the little blinking lights on the treadmill at the gym are telling you or what your Apple Watch is telling you. That's not, you won't burn off a donut in one hour. That's just how it works. It's like, is it even worth it? Just to have that mindset, it's just not even worth it. Like you're, you're being, you're being scammed to have that mentality of like, I'm going to work off this donut. Like, dude, you're not going to work off the donut. Okay. You're going to, you're going to kill yourself trying to work off this donut. Yeah. And you're, you're in debt immediately. If that's the way you want (laughs) to think, then you are in debt to yourself from the moment you eat the first thing that you think you're going to go work off. You're in debt and you can't get out if that's going to be your thinking. Yeah. And and I'm not saying you can't have a donut. I'm just saying like of course the mindset not. is is like you just we have to just let go of of exercise equals burning calories or burning fat. Exercise is for health. Nutrition is for fat loss. I'm in more of a maintenance slash leaning toward bulking phase, and I intentionally ate three donuts on Sunday. Tracked. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, I need these carbs from somewhere. Today, I feel like mm. getting them from donuts. I had two oh, Bavarian hell. cream donuts and one raspberry-filled donut. Oh, right? And I drank it with a protein <laughs> shake, which was kind of like having milk with my donuts, right? And it was oh, yeah. like the greatest thing ever. And by the end of the day... You know, like everything still totals up to zero. I'm like, I mean, I'll take it, dude. Yeah. Uh, cool. Another myth. Um, I, I We both did keto at one point. I remember when we worked together, we were both we did. eating keto. Yep. And I remember, I remember that because I did it for a long time. My wife was keto for a very long time um, and not necessarily for weight loss reasons, but I remember being keto and and having the mindset of like, eating whatever I wanted as long as I was in ketosis. Yep. Yep. And that, I think a, a lot of people have success with keto and it, and it's because it, it creates an environment where they are eating less. But we are sold this idea that it is not that, that it is the diet or the state of being in ketosis that is the reason you're losing fat. Right. Yeah, we're 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 sold that it's magic. That yeah. cutting out carbs makes all these amazing things happen within your body. Your biology fundamentally changes and there's like a wizard of oz behind the curtain like messing with your macronutrients inside your body. He's just like you don't need carbs anymore. I'm going to flip all these switches and everything's going to be great. Yeah. And you start to lose some weight. And of course, when you cut out the heaviest macronutrient the most water-retaining macronutrient, of course you lose 10 pounds in seven days. Who wouldn't, right? You cut it out and you're like, my gosh, this is working. I could do this forever. (laughs) So as someone who did it, I lost 60 pounds doing keto. Um, Oh, yeah. I would never say that I would never do it again or or that I wouldn't try a low-carb diet, but here's what I will say. I didn't touch a weight or a resistance band, or do anything. And if I was ever going to try again, or if I was ever going to give my sign of my sign off to someone of doing it, I'd say, you have to strength train. The amount of muscle mass I lost visibly in the mirror, I looked like, it, my arms looked like hot dogs. They looked like skeletons after the end, dude. 
Like really, I literally lost mass. I could feel myself being weak. I could feel myself lifting less than I did before. I just simply wasn't sending the right signals. I don't think to my body to retain any of that mass. Mm. And I realized eventually that I was under eating. You know, I was drastically under eating for a long time because you know, I'm a big guy. Listeners will find out I'm seven feet tall. I weigh 275 pounds right now. At the time, I was 350. You know, so calorically, it's pretty high actually. And man, bacon and eggs, it actually takes you a while to get to that number, you know? Yeah. And in one sitting, and like, <laughs> unless I was going to cook a dozen eggs and 12 strips of bacon and eat it in one sitting, actually, calorically, it was hard to get to, I think, a, a number that was actually maintaining my weight, never, you know, regardless of losing. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you ever have, uh, when you did keto, did you ever like slip up here and there and then like, well, and then tell yourself like, well, I was, well, I'm out of ketosis. So like F this day, you know? <laughs> um, no, actually I, like a lot of people on every diet, I chose a cheat day from day one. Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. I that's had right. Fridays and literally on Fridays, I ate anything I wanted. Whether it was, that's healthy. I feel like that's healthy though. I think it probably was. I was probably going, the thing that was crazy is I was probably going from eating 2,200 calories on Thursday, which was not enough for me, to eating 7,000 on Friday because I was so hungry. Okay. But what would happen is I would always see my biggest weight drop off over the weekend after Friday. And I don't know what that was, you know, metabolically, maybe there was some signals being sent that was like, Okay, we think you you should get back to ketosis. You should get back to where you were. So let's flush all this crap out. And that's kind of like what was happening. But um, mm. I don't I don't know. I had a very experience. You should talk more about your experience because you did keto for a long time, several times, right? Yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of the what stuck me to that the diet was the fact that I thought I would mess things up if I kicked myself out of ketosis. So I was so afraid of doing that. I didn't cheat mm -hmm. or I didn't eat sugar or carbs. Mm -hmm. And I would go, dude, I would go months without eating sugar or carbs. Wow. Months. Just because I was like, I had this mentality of like, well, if I'm going to do this and it's going to work and I need to do it right, then I can't kick myself out of ketosis. So I can't eat that stuff, you know? And back to the topic at hand, the myth was that you couldn't get the results you wanted if you stepped out of line, right? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't lose that much weight with keto. I probably lost 10 or 15 pounds and then I just stalled out, which is, I think is very, very common with the keto diet is because people don't, they don't really track their intake or anything or know like anything about nutrition. So they're still eating high fat foods mm -hmm. and until they're full or stuffed. And as long as they're in keto, they're still, you know, I think that's why people plateau on that diet. But you didn't really. You lost quite a bit of weight, right? Yeah, but I was obese, you know, yeah. probably. I wasn't I wasn't healthy. I hadn't exercised in 10 years when I undertook keto. I was not well. So, it's not really a surprise that I dropped quite a bit of weight changing my diet. Um but I think this leads into maybe maybe the most important myth in this topic, I think, which is like how fast can you lose weight, really? How fast can you 
make a change? How long is this supposed to take? Because, you know, you go and you look at keto, you look at a lot of these things that have a name on them, a label on them. You hear testimonials from, on intermittent fasting, I lost 30 pounds in 40 days. On Weight Watchers, I lost X in X. On keto, I lost X in six months, whatever. So how long is it really supposed to take to lose weight? Yeah, it's uh, not that fast. It's not what the marketing is going to tell you. Right. And I think I think that's where our expectations come from is all the marketing for all of these diets and products. Yeah. Um, but I think a healthy rate is probably somewhere between half a pound and a pound and a half a week. Or if you're if you have a lot of weight to lose, you could lose more faster, like up to two or three pounds a week would be healthy if you have more weight to lose. If your body fat percentage is higher, like above 20%, 25%, 30%, then you could lose a little faster and it could still be fine. But like once you get lower, it's gonna be slower. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that's going to disappoint some of you watching, listening, right? Because that doesn't sound like a very big number. But to, to your point, Ryan, like you will lose more the first few weeks. That's how it works. If you've gone years not tracking your intake, eating whatever you felt like, overindulging, and you put the brakes on that a little bit and cut back, you will burn, you, you'll burn through some pretty fast. You're going to lose some water weight. Um, you're going to clear your bowels out a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Your less intake is going to mean less inside your body at any given time. You're going to flush some weight out pretty quick and you're going to think, man, this is easy. I want to lose 60 pounds. I'm losing 10 a week right now. This will take six weeks. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> um, wrong. It's it's going to <laughs> It's going to go fast at the beginning because you're just losing water and you're kind of getting into the groove. And then, like you said afterward, depending on your body fat percentage, maybe two or three pounds can be expected for a while. But really, realistically, a pound a week is like the recommended, I think, fastest you should really go to not have the effects of what I went through losing muscle mass, what a lot of people go through where they don't prioritize that. The faster you go, the deeper you cut, we'll talk about this a lot, which is um, what's the difference between losing weight and losing fat? They're fundamentally different things. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think if you have if you have 60 pounds to lose, you could potentially lose the first 10 pounds maybe in a month, but yep. that last 10, the last 10 pounds could take three months. Absolutely. And yeah, it's and, like if you started in January, by February yeah. 1st, you'll be down 10. By June, you'll be down 30. And maybe by the end of the year, you might shave off another 20, you know? But yep. it gets to a point where it just can't cruise at that same rate. It just won't. It's it's hard and it's and it, it's hard to not feel defeated when the, the, the initial rate does not stay consistent. Yes. So you know what do I mean? you do? What do you advise somebody who believed the myth that they could crash their way through it and get 60 pounds down in six weeks and then that turns out not to be true um you you have to you have to change your mindset and you have to you have to understand how weight loss works you have to change your mindset and you have to do things that you know are sustainable that are 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 doable 
um, because if you're if you're not doing things that are doable, you're not going to sustain over the time period that you need to to lose that last ten pounds. Um, so I, my advice is just make things as easy as possible and just put yourself on cruise control. You helped me tremendously on my journey, and one of the things you told me early on was, if you can't picture yourself doing this plan for the rest of your life, then don't do it at all. Yeah. And that was huge, right? Because really a moderate cut, a moderate calorie deficit, a moderate exercise plan, you should be able to in your head talk yourself into pretty easily that you could do that for the rest of your life if it's not so extreme. Now, when it gets extreme, you're thinking, all I have to do is do this till June, then I'll be ready to get in my bikini and I'll never have to diet again, right? Or to the dads listening, not your bikini, you know? But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, that's, that's the thing that is so hard, man. When you put a timer on it, you say it's got to be off by June and I'm going to do keto because everyone I know has lost 40 pounds in eight weeks on keto and today's April 1st, so the math works out perfectly. Um, gosh, there's like three or four things I just said that are potentially so harmful for your mindset. Yeah. I think if you're just starting out with like learning how to, to lose weight in a healthy way, having a deadline is not something you want to do. I think, I think it's okay for somebody who is more advanced and knows what they're doing and can pull levers and know that they can go a little more extreme and then dial it back and, and not rubber band. But if, if, that is not you, I highly, highly recommend removing any and all deadlines. Like I'm saying, like if you need to expand your time horizon to two years, this is going to take you to lose the 60 pounds, then that's what you need to do. And you need to find out a way to, to, to find that cruise control button. Yeah. You know what I mean? And remember how long it took you to gain it. Yeah. Be kind to yourself in that regard, right? Because it, you didn't gain 50 pounds in a year or eight weeks or six months. It probably took you five years, right? Because that's a lot of weight. And going back to Survivor, bodies are resilient. Bodies can handle change. Your body was designed to, to weather the storm, to be stuck in the forest alone and stripped naked with no food. Like your body can do that and survive. So the way you punished it for years and years and years overeating and the way you'll punish it by over extreme dieting or going on survivor, it can withstand both. Neither extreme is ideal. We want to find a middle ground and we want to find a way to just take a really nice step forward. Yep. Totally agree. Final thoughts on myths. Um, Final thoughts on myths. Uh, it's hard because there's a lot of information out there. Yep. And I think that you probably have some myths that you are some blind spots that you don't know about. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, just kind of peel back those layers one by one and, and just, uh, again, expand your time horizons and just know that this, this is going to take a while. Here's what I'll leave the listeners with on myths. Um, there's lots of content about cutting out entire food categories. There's lots of content about cutting out entire times of day when you're allowed to eat. My advice would be find content that is more moderate. Ones that suggest 
moderate steps, um, simple cutbacks, simple increases in activity, better sleep, a little more hydration, more steps. Please look at moderate content over um, things that initially just say, cut things out and all your problems will be solved. Totally agree. All right. All right, man. Good chat. All right. See you guys next time. Thank you.